Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead. Take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Lord Almighty, I feel my temperature rising. Mm-hmm. Football fever is burning through to my soul. Yeah. Cats, 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 you're gonna set me on fire mm-hmm. My brain is flaming, but I know just where to go Yeah, the season's kicking off and The bill will be a-rockin' And Bosco Wonder's talking Purple love Purple love Bosco boy just a hunk of hunk of purple love. Just a hunk of hunk of purple love. Oh, just a hunk of hunk. Bosco's boys and the boneheads are talking purple love. Boom, the boys are back, and it is time to talk K State. Versus Missouri, that old familiar foe, that state that, honestly, if you go all the way back to the creation of the great state of Kansas, Missouri has been at odds with. Missouri has tried to destroy the simple existence of the state of Kansas has always been a threat to that vile state of Missouri. And boy, this game, this game's a big one, folks. Uh, It is 100% Missouri Super Bowl. I'm sure we'll talk about it at different points in this uh, preview episode. Uh, But I'd be lying if I said I didn't really want this one. There's something about that state there's something about that institution, and there's definitely something about that Eli Drinkwitz that makes me just just my skin crawl, my blood boil, and boy, I can't wait for Saturday. 
I'm sure there's going to be thousands upon thousands of good guys in purple, good guys and girls in purple uh, against that backdrop of gold. I think they're trying to do a gold rush, gold out, whatever. Um, But it's a big one. It is a big one. Big 12 versus SEC. Old school big eight battle. Kind of a battle for the soul of what uh, the big eight was supposed to be, you know. K-State, the only institution that really has stood strong since it came to the conference, fighting to make the conference the best it could in Missouri, a team that always was looking to try to find a way out, always looking to try to sabotage the... just sabotage the conference and, uh, you know, just the biggest bark without bite program uh, in the Midwest. So it's a big game. I can't wait for it. Uh, let's get into a little bit of news before we talk about the big take- takeaways from Chris Kleiman's press conference. Uh, if you haven't heard by now, I think it was announced last Friday, K-State sticking with Nike. I don't think we talked about it uh, at all. Uh, on the show yet. I'm excited. I'm happy about it. I was worried for <laughs> quite a while about it. Um, look, when I think the when, when the de- details of the deal get released, um, I don't think K-State fans are going to be happy. I don't think uh, it's anywhere near where we would want it to be. Uh, quite frankly, I have it on pretty good authority that we're taking a less lucrative deal than we would have gotten from, say, an Under Armour. Uh, But I think especially from the basketball side of things, the coaches and players really made their voices heard. Hey, no, we need to be with Nike. I think the fans really, when when it kind of got leaked out that, hey, it was looking like K-State might be with someone other than Nike. I think K-State fans really had uh, a meltdown. They had their voices heard. Um, And ultimately, that's what's going to happen. Again, we'll have to wait and see when the deal, when the details get released. Uh, but I don't think it's going to be great by any means. I don't I don't think it's going to be a very good deal. I don't think you're going to see things change. I don't think all of a sudden you're going to see K-State as part of the Air Pe- Pegasus package or some of these special release ranges. Um, but it is what it is. Look, uh, K-State's sticking with the swoosh. And you can't argue that Nike is, at this point, quite possibly the biggest, most popular American brand in the world. Um, I know it's the biggest brand amongst sporting entities in America. I think it's probably the biggest amongst sporting entities in the world. Um, It's massive, so I'm happy that it is sticking around. Um, Some awards from last week, nothing from the conference, but Will Howard named to the Davey O'Brien uh, great eight list. So the Davey O'Brien Awards, the top quarterback award, they uh, recognize the top eight guys every week. Will Howard made it on that list. And then Phillip Brooks made the Paul Horning Award honor roll list for week two, a wide receiver award. So for his big game, he gets that honors as well. And then finally, uh, the UCF game is going to be at 7 p.m. FS1. That's right, we got a night game, 7 p.m. kickoff. I think that's the latest. I think the what was the opener six thirty. I think. I think the opener was six thirty. So the latest game uh, so far uh, to go with two eleven a.m. games on FS1. 
Look, that's going to get a horrible, horrible, horrible TV number. Um, but look, it, it's going to allow recruits to get in. Going to allow fans to have an all-day tailgate will be great for the businesses around Manhattan. I'm sure everyone's going to have a blast. Only a handful of standing room only tickets available. Again, I think it's going to be uh, probably close to, if not at, 52000 once again. Uh, so it's going to be massive. Uh, that's all we have for the news. We'll get into Chris Kleiman's press conference. But before we do, uh, how about a shout-out for our boys and girls over at Manhattan Brewing Company. Absolutely the best brewery, not only in the state of Kansas, but the region. Look, no game this week. But, folks, before you drive to Columbia, make sure you're packing heat. And by heat, I mean some great pounders, some crowlers, anything you can get your hands on from Manhattan Brewing Company. Uh, I love it. You guys love it. You got to have it. Uh, Towny Wheat, the official tailgate beer, whether you're at home or on the road or watching it from the friendly confines of your own house. So be sure to be stocked up so you can enjoy some ice-cold, delicious Manhattan Brewing Company beer even while the cats take the show on the road. Also, since it's a 7 p.m. game, uh, I'm going to be in Manhattan. I'm probably going to be hitting up Manhattan Brewing Company next week before the game. So be on the lookout. Come say hi to me at the brewery next Saturday. All right, let's get into Chris Kleiman's press conference. Uh I, th- I think we saw a lot of good insights from him. I, I I came away feeling like I learned a lot, and also I like to kind of comment on stuff. I mean, he seemed to be enjoying himself. He seemed to have that calm, collected, uh, you know, persona. He seemed to be, you know, having a good time out up at the podium. And I always kind of take that as like, okay, he's feeling good about the team, you know. Uh, going into the two-lane game last year, I kind of noticed, like, yeah. You know, it seems a little off, you know. In the COVID year, you could tell he hated doing media. I think you get a lot from Chris Kleiman, even just watching him answer the questions. Uh, He said, after looking at uh, this past Saturday's game, gave some more uh, praise to Troy, saying, we beat a good football team. Thought uh, we did some really good things on both sides of the field. Still making little errors, though, and need to continue to get better. Um, he said that he liked what he saw at times on offense, but missed a number of opportunities where we could have gotten points. Um, and then flipping to defense, uh, had a little bit of a lull in the second quarter. The second half defense played exceptional football. We still have to continue and get better. We have a tremendous challenge ahead of us on Saturday. Again, everything he said is correct. Um, you guys heard me in the Q&A episode. Um, I've, I've had just about enough of anyone who is really trying to cut down the Will Howard performance. Um, the stats, the accolades from outside folks really speak for themselves. Uh, not to say it wasn't per- or it was perfect because it wasn't. And Chris Kleiman understands that. And I think the best part about Chris Kleiman and coming off of these games is him and the staff really do a great job identifying the small things identifying the things that can be easy fixes and get those fixed really on Sunday, Monday, Tuesday before going all in on the game planning on Wednesday in that full padded practice and Thursday and then Friday walkthroughs, etc., etc. So I have no doubt that those small things that they really want to work on have been pounded away uh, early in the week. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Um, some great news. Christian Duffy has been practicing. They're going to know by Thursday if he's going to be able to give it a go on Saturday or not. That's great news. I would, Yes, I would like to see him, but I'll reiterate it. I've really kind of been targeting that Oklahoma State game. That's when I want to see him be able to step in and take that starting role again. But it is encouraging to hear how close he is getting. The thing that they're really focusing on with the offensive line is sustaining those blocks. Um, Chris Kleiman said, hey, that is where they really made the mistakes. That's where they couldn't open up the running lanes versus Troy the way we would have liked. Really said that, hey, they were okay at the point of contact, but being able to sustain it, open it up, and from my eyes, they almost never were successfully getting up to that second level doing the double team and climbing up to that second level to allow for some of those home run plays. So we'll see if they'll be able to take care of that uh, next or on Saturday. Uh, Chris Common also mentioned, and I, I'll probably repeat myself, but it's on topic. He said that that's something that Missouri does super well. They do not stay blocked. So if we want to see that running game, uh, which we're going to have to do it because, again, Chris Kleiman, he, here's the next thing that he said. He said that, hey, we're going to have to run the ball to win. We're not going to be able to win this game passing it 50 times. Um, so if we're going to have that success, we are going to have to find a way to sustain those blocks versus a team that is very good getting off the blocks. Um He did say uh, Troy does do a good job getting off. They do a great job scheming, making it tough for our offensive line to stay in their uh, assignments. So we'll see what happens on Saturday. I think, honestly, I think that's something that every single K-State fan is going to be dialed in on, is the performance of the offensive line. Again, I, I, I think that... I think, and this is not saying that they deserve like an A grade or anything, but I do think college football fans watch their offensive line so much closer than they do anyone else's. And I think fans of their own team are their own harshest critic when it comes to the offensive line. So I I know K-State fans are going to be dialed in. I'm expecting a big bounce back game. I'm expecting to see a good game from them. Um, And I know inside Farrell Field, I will be watching that very closely. Um Lots of praise for Luther Burden over at Missouri. We talked a lot about him last year. Again, last year as a true freshman coming in, I think is like the number one or number two player in all of high school. Uh, Just a five-star plus guy. One of the most dynamic athletes. He will be the most dynamic athlete on the field. Um, And really says that, hey, he can hurt you vertically. He can hurt you as a gadget guy. My words, not Chris Kleiman's. Uh, But he said, hey, he he can beat you vertically. Screen plays, jet sweeps. He's a really good football player. Again, I think he's just an all-around guy. Uh, If you go back and watch some of the stuff from uh, Middle Tennessee, uh, he's still not high-pointing the ball. I think he still has a little bit of tentative uh, tendencies when it comes to attacking the ball when it's in the air. That's going to allow for a Jacob Parrish. It's going to 
allow for a uh, Marquis Siegel. It's going to allow for a Will Lee to make a play on the ball if there's anything contested. Um, but I do look for Missouri to really look to get him going in the screen game because K-State really struggled with that with Simo. Uh, I, think, I think he is the game changer. I think he's the guy um, who Missouri's offense will kind of live and die by. That's not to say that none of their running backs or other pass catchers are going to be able to make plays. Uh, because they are talented guys. Again, if you look at the recruiting pe- pedigree that Missouri's had over the last few years, uh, you can say a lot of bad things about Eli Drinkwitz. He's a creep. He's a dork. Uh, he has no social awareness. He he really just looks like someone you would not want to trust your friends or family around. But he's been able to recruit. And there are high-profile, high-pedigree, blue-chip-type guys uh, on their offense. And you definitely do not want this to be the game where they figure it out. Uh, that's definitely not the case. Uh, but I, I, I think Luther Burden's the one that they want to run the offense through. So uh, you, you might be hearing a key to V about that a little bit later. Uh, but Chris Kleiman knows that. Colin or uh, uh, Joe Klanderman knows that. Van Malone knows that. When you have all that coaching talent on the defensive side of the ball and you have that talent, you have that team speed, you have that athletic ability, um, I I think they're going to be up to that challenge. I mentioned it earlier, Chris Kleiman really uh, pounded home the idea that, hey, they're really good getting off their blocks. Uh, And and I think that's where kind of a double team and climb type of – Strategy might really work well on that front seven. Be able to really knock them off the ball, give your guy the ability to win that one-on-one, just boom, just a quick double team, then get up to the backer. We'll see how that goes on Saturday. Um, Talking about uh, the defense, he said, hey, they're playing well. Still improving on block destruction on those jet sweeps, on those screens, but they improved on that from week one to week two. Also called out the uh, missing too many tackles. Again, we saw this last year. I think in the evolution of not just college football, but high school football, peewee football, pros, the first three to four games, there are a lot of missed tackles because you just don't practice tackling uh, like you used to or really at all in any level of football anymore because they're really trying to reduce those injuries and all that type of stuff. So really, if you're not practicing it week in, week out, from the spring through the summer into the fall, it's going to take a few weeks to kind of remember, okay, hey, this is how you leverage. This is how you you really get the guy down. This is how you tackle. So I imagine week in, week out, we're going to continue to see that improve. Um, He was specifically asked about Toby O, the purple tsunami. Uh, Toby, uh, you know, on the pass rush, Chris Clement said, Hey, look, he is a pass rushing weapon, but he's still improving at linebacker. And the main thing we need to do is make sure that he is ready to back up Desmond Purnell. While I agree with him, I understand that this is not me disagreeing with him. I want to see him on the field and pass rushing situate. This guy is the real deal. Also, How's this for a super specific prediction? Toby O forces a fumble on kickoff coverage this week. Heard it here first. But yeah, I I, I like what they're doing. I just want to make sure that you're getting him at least three to five 
obvious passing situations where he's able to line up standing up in a sprinter stance and just attack the quarterback. Um, Because I think that's where he might be, at least for this game. That is where he's going to be at his best. Um, Hoping to cut loose Keegan Johnson a little bit more on Saturday. Got to see how he gets through practice uh, this week before they figure out how many snaps. Again, I I would love to see Keegan Johnson... You might hear this pick to click a little bit later. I want to see his snap count go up. I want to see him get involved in plays uh, because I really do think he might be the difference maker when it comes to opening up uh, the field for the rest of the pass catchers. Uh, High praise for Desmond Purnell, saying that he's really attacking situations. Uh, Called out uh, specifically that fourth and two. Said that he's the reason K-State got that stop on that little trick play. The quarterback looks like, oh, what's going on? Snap to the running back. Said him and I believe Uso were the only two who really uh, weren't caught on their heels there. Uh, So lots of high praise for Desmond Purnell um, from Coach Kleiman. Uh, Was talking about the uh, safeties. Really kind of laid out some stuff and and the state safeties have been you know taking a little bit of taking a little bit on the chin if you look at pro football focus grades and I'll be honest I I I did, I don't really I I didn't really notice uh it being as bad and and I'm not sitting here on this show you guys don't come to listen to me because it's like oh this guy he he's the best X's and O's mind in the world no I'm I'm not I'm a fan this is a conversation between you and me over coffee over lunch over a beer um so I'm not going to pretend like hey I'm the best X's and O's guy because I'm not I I was uh, surprised to see all the conversations surrounding the safety saying hey they really weren't living up to what we had hoped and Chris Kleiman kind of echoed it. Said, "Hey, VJ Payne is learning uh, a new position. Kobe Savage, yeah, he's still getting up to that hundred percent, coming off that energy or uh, injury. Still a little rusty, going that long without any football activity. And when you have Marquis Siegel, hey, he was suspended that first game. He's still trying to figure out how we do things here. So again, I think at the safety position, I think we know who the three guys are. I think we know Colby McAllister." Maybe Jordan Wright are the guys who are uh, going to rotate back there when there is rotation. Uh, But I think we're going to see improvement from from those three every single week. Final takeaway and the the final thing that he said that really resonated with me. He said it's going to be a great atmosphere on Saturday and really uh, pounded the stone, got on the soapbox, basically saying, hey, games like this are great for college football. He said, hey, these regional rivalries, even when they're out of conference, need to be played a little bit more. And I totally agree with him. Look, I I, I want to see this. I, I think, I mean, honestly, look, there's enough time. I would love it. And I said this, I think, in the Q&A, or maybe it was a post-game show. I can't remember. But I would love it if we could drop Washington State. I would love it if we could drop Rutgers. I would love it if we could replace the Colorado series since they're in the conference with another series with Missouri. Maybe another series with Nebraska. I, I like playing these games. I like playing these old Big 8 games. Um, they're close games. I mean, look, there, there were plenty of Mizzou fans. Probably would have been more if the weather was nice last year. There's going to probably, I think, probably be six to 7,000 K-State fans. Uh, some folks have told me, 
They think more than 10. I think that's a little high. But there's going to be plenty of purple in that stadium. I agree with them. I, I want to see this game get put back on the schedule as soon as we can. Um, but we'll see. In, in all reality, this could be the last one. Um, but I hope it's not. Um, he also was talking about how, hey, this is kind of a measuring stick. First road game. See how they handle that. Hey, first game versus a Power 5 opponent. See how they handle that. I think we're going to come out of the game, I think on Sunday, Saturday afternoon, uh, as you're leaving the stadium, as you're you know turning into another game from home, I think you're going to have a lot of questions answered. And I think we're really going to have an idea of, okay, hey, K-State is going to be that team we think can compete for Arlington again. Um, let's get into player press conference notes. Again, in season, you don't get a ton of stuff from these. I enjoy watching them. Uh, shout out to K-State Online. They always do a good job uploading them. I believe Go Powercat uploads them as well. Um, you know, I, I know uh, Mitch Fortner on the game. He always runs recordings of them. They're fun to listen to. I didn't take a ton away from them. Will Howard uh, said that they're really embracing the us-against-the-world mentality when they go on the road uh, and says uh, that K-State is striving to be the best road team in the Big 12. Uh, that, that's good to say. I mean, hell, they, they played great on the road last year. They put up a major fight down in Fort Worth. Um, no, they couldn't get it done. Uh, but then, you know, they took the show to the Big 12 Championship game and won that as well. So, you know, I think they played really well away from Bill Snyder Family Stadium last year. I think they're going to have a big game down in Columbia this year. And then, uh, heck, before you know it, you're back on the road, back-to-back weeks, Oklahoma State and Texas Tech. I think both those crowds will be rowdier than this one. Uh, but it is a good test. It is a good ramp-up. Uh, Will Lee's from the Columbia area. I think he's actually from St. Louis, so it's it's going to be the closest game to his hometown. Uh, he said he's going to have a bunch of uh, friends and family in the stands wearing purple cheering for him. Said that he grew up playing uh, versus Brady Cook and Luther Bird in a couple different sports. Uh, so it should be a fun game for Will Lee as well. And then the final thing, and this isn't from a K-State press conference. This is from Eli Drinkwitz. Uh he has a clip going viral, him pretending he doesn't know who uh, Chris, uh, who Colin Klein is. Um, <laughs> look, the, Eli Drinkwitz is is just a clown. Um, him doing this, oh, I think they call him CK. This, you know, looking to your notes. I mean, it was obviously a prepared type of like, oh, you know, kind of, you know, nonchalant type thing. Look, I don't think it's as big a deal as K-State Twitter is making it out to be. But I'll tell you this. I don't care if K-State Twitter, I don't care if the coaching staff, I don't care whoever. If they want to find extra motivation, if they want to find a little bit of edge, a little bit of extra spice... Uh, because of that, that's fine by me, my friends. I I want uh, as much spice in this game as possible. Before we move into the big macro things that I'm going to be looking for, let's talk about my friends Charlie Hustle. I had so many compliments on my helmet tee that I wore at the Troy game. I'm almost thinking about having to run it back. Look, it is the most comfortable shirt, and it's just like this classic, hey, when you think about like vintage K-State apparel, when you think about like, oh man, you know those throwback shirts, it's a comfortable cotton t-shirt with the K-State helmet with Wildcats right across the chest. Folks, it is the best tee 
it might be the best football season tee that they have. Now, they also have that Bring on the Cats t-shirt, a favorite of friend of the show, Taylor Bratt. And, I, I mean, look, I'm making sure I'm wearing purple for this game. But when we get back to the Airbnb, that might be the shirt I'm changing into. Folks, if you haven't, please check out the K-State Collection on charliehustle.com. Make a couple purchases. I promise you'll be happy. And I think it's going to be next week. I think next week we're going to have our giveaway before Big 12 season kicks off. So be sure to be tuned into Bosco's Boys on Twitter. And maybe just get ahead of the game and make sure you're following Charlie Hustle on Twitter as well. I mentioned it a little bit at the top. I think folks remember what I had to say about this game last year. This game means a ton. This is the 99th game that... Kansas State and the University of Missouri have played. Game 99. And like I said, unless it is in postseason play, this very well could be the final game. This goes back to the Big Six days. It even predates the Big Six. And I talked about it at top. It doesn't matter how much history you know. Um... I think the state of Kansas does a great job teaching Kansas history to the elementary schools. But these two states have been at odds uh, literally since the inception. Um, there really is a line in the sand difference. There's a, there is very real fundamental differences between the two states. And there always has been. There's always been disdain between the people who live in these states, and you see it right here. I, I, I specifically, I specifically said when I was buying my house, I have to get on the Kansas side of the state line. You know, th- that is the type of stuff that we are talking about here. And yes, I'm not trying to say that this rivalry is anywhere close to that that our friends the Jayhawks have with the Tigers. I'm not even going to pretend that this rivalry probably means as much as the one that we lost with Nebraska and what we have with Iowa State. You know, it's it's probably on par with Oklahoma, uh, you know, in, in talking about some of these historic games, the games you've been playing forever. There's hate there, but it's not like a an A-tier rivalry amongst the fans or the university or anything like that. But the hate is very real. And especially between these two coaching staffs, when you look at the recruiting battles, it is very real there. And while Chris Kleiman might want to downplay it in a respectful way, if the players say, hey, yeah, you know, it's a rivalry, uh, but but they, they're not giving any sort of bulletin board material, I guarantee they remember some of the smack talk that was happening last year. I know Avery Johnson on Twitter Uh, when Joshua Manning decided to go to Missouri. I know these players, and I know these coaches, and I know that they have had this game circled all offseason. I'm sure that Missouri has been holding stuff back. I'm sure they've been really trying to get ready for this game, but I think K-State has been too. Now, we've seen some trick plays, and they definitely were not going to hold anything back versus Troy, similar to what happened after the Missouri game last year when we played Tulane. No. 
But I think this is a big game, and I think the coaches are dialed up for it. I think the players are dialed up for it. Um, again, it's massive, especially you know, especially when, like I said, it will be probably a postseason game the next time these two teams play, and you want to be able to have that three-game winning streak. Um, you're not going to be able to overnight change you know how often these two teams are talked about in the Kansas City Metro but you want to be able to tell your friends in the office on Monday yeah gotcha again you want to be able to say oh yeah you know that's three straight you guys ran off to the SEC you want to be able to have those bragging rights because they could last for a very long time this also really is the beginning of the season now again when it's all said and done, Troy might be considered better than Missouri. Hell, by the end of the season, by the end of the season, depending on what's happening at Missouri, um, they could struggle versus SEMO. But where we are, this being the first away game, this being the first game versus a power opponent, uh, being the first game where, hey, they truly do have the level of athletes that can go head-to-head with you. This is when the season really kicks off. And this is going to be a game that if you lose, the detractors are going to be coming out of uh, left field. They're going to be coming from everywhere. This is a game that if you win, hey, some of those casuals who really aren't paying attention, they're going to see, oh, K-State slapped around an SEC school. Sure, SEC kind of because of Missouri because they're never going to be truly accepted, but SEC school nonetheless. So I, I th- this is what's really going to jumpstart things. And while we saw last year losing a non-conference game does nothing to stop you from going on and winning the Big 12, it would completely suck the air out of and put a damper on all the excitement that is building around this team. Now, with that 7 p.m. kick next week, with what will be a top 15, maybe top 14 team in the country, the hype being at not an all-time high, but a pretty darn high level, uh, another sellout crowd, 52,000. Next week could be absolutely electric, but that goes all that all goes out the window if you don't take care of business on Saturday in Columbia first. And also, really, the regional rivalry, everything that goes into these two teams trying to lay claim to Kansas City. Look, like I said, winning this game doesn't make it so overnight. There are going to be hosts on Kansas, on Kansas City Sports Talk Radio on 610 or 810 that are K-State fans. It's it's wild that, you know, there's, what, six shows? And there's like a producer here or there. None of the on-air talent are K-State guys. But, hey, whatever. That's why you listen to your local podcasts. But winning that game forces them to talk about it or to completely ignore it. But it does continue the supremacy Kansas State has over the Kansas City area. And it even goes beyond that. It goes beyond even, hey, hey, of the three teams, four or five, depending on if you want to really spread it out, that lay a claim to Kansas City, K-State is the undoubted power in that region. Let's talk about the Upper Plains. Let's talk about, hey, K-State versus 
the perception of Iowa, Iowa State, Minnesota, Nebraska, even down in Oklahoma, Oklahoma State. Again, this large region, this large swath of middle America, K-State is the program. And you beat Missouri, again, you take away any opportunity for anyone to even challenge you for that. Again, K-State's trying to build this momentum. Again, build the brand up to be the preeminent, the dominant, the brand of the Midwest, of the Great Plains. And they've done such a great job of it. You take a half step back if you can't take care of Missouri in this game as well. And then also, again, the Big 12 has taken a bit of a perception hit this non-con. Um... Handing another L to an SEC team would be big, which is also why, you know, whether or not you like them, whether or not you're picking them to win, Big 12 fans should really be pulling for BYU this weekend as well. Uh, Diving into some specific stuff that is on the field. Look, I touched on it up, up top. I might be touching on it here in a little bit again, but the offensive line. I, I want to know if they're going to trot out Carver Wills to try to start the game or if they're going to start off with Cooper Beebe. I want to know if Duffy is going to be able to play. Again, I've said it. I stand by it. I believe that if K-State wants to be as clean as possible, I think if K-State wants to uh, hopefully take care of business in as low-stress manner as possible, I think that means that Cooper Beebe needs to be playing right tackle snaps until Christian Duffy is back and ready to take those snaps. That's Missouri. If Duffy travels, if Duffy suits up, and Duffy gets a few snaps, perfect. Send Cooper back over to left guard. But until that happens, I think you need Cooper at right tackle, KT at left tackle. I think you need Panzer and uh, Poitier at the guards. Uh, and it will be Killam at center. Again, his pro football focus grades aren't that great. Uh, eye tests on him, not great. But, hey, he's the center. Um, I, I don't think that's going to change. Um, but but I think I think when, when you're talking realistic stuff, I think that is the offensive line that you need to see that I hope we're going to see uh, from the start through the end of the game. Um, again, uh What's the safety? What what are the safeties going to look like? Again, going back to that again, Pro Football Focus didn't really like the safeties. A lot of the folks that I trust better with the eye test said that the safeties were leaving a little bit uh, to be desired. Even Coach Kleiman kind of bringing up like, "Hey, VJ's learning a new position. Kobe's still trying to come back, get that confidence after the knee surgery." Marquis Siegel, this is his first year playing uh, on the field for K State. Uh, so I, I think that kind of echoes the, uh, not frustrations, but saying, hey, you know, th- there are um, some hopes for things to improve, take a couple steps up. So I'll be watching that. I'll try to keep a better eye on that in the stadium, especially because, uh, you know, look, Luther Burden's going to try to take the top off. Uh, Cook will throw some ducks. He will have some contested balls. Uh, so if, if that's going to be the case, uh, the safeties have to be ready to go up, get the ball, try to avoid getting called for any DPIs. And if they can get some takeaways, that's going to be massive for the season. All right, let's get into the keys to V. 
sponsored by Manhattan Brewing Company. Again, the key to every single game day is an ice-cold, delicious beer from Manhattan Brewing Company. Whether or not it is taps or uh, a pint straight from the tap, straight from the source at the uh, brewery, whether it's four packs to go so you're tailgating at a stadium or your local liquor store, tell them, hey, I want Manhattan Brewing Company four packs and taking them home and watching them in the man cave. The only key you need to be worrying about is Manhattan Brewing Company. Number one, I've mentioned it a few times, you got to keep the top on Luther Burden. He is going to be their biggest offensive weapon. He is the guy who could take over a game. He is a guy who could have the sort of performance that does uh, you know, put you behind the eight ball. He's the guy I am the most worried about on this Missouri team. Second one, we've gone back and forth. Hey, K-State's struggling with this. Missouri, good at it. K-State needs to sustain the blocks. K-State needs to create those open uh, lanes. And they need to really get to that second level to give Trayshawn Ward, to give DJ Giddens that opportunity to break off big runs. Key number three, contain Brady Cook's legs uh, when the pocket collapses. Heck, I I, I was re-watching the game from last year, and they're even doing some designed runs from last year. Again, his rushing totals might seem... uh, I mean, he's, he's been sacked five times. Four times last week versus Middle Tennessee. So those rushing stats... Uh, looks smaller. Uh, They're not as uh, daunting uh, as they probably would be. But he is capable with his legs. In college football, that is the great equalizer. So especially on third and medium, when that first look isn't there, make sure you collapse the pocket and make it count. When you get the chance, capitalize and get that sack again i think brendan mott's gonna have a two sack game i think he's gonna do a great job he's gonna get at least one of those sacks he's gonna get at least one of those sacks you know grabbing with a strong arm on that ankle as cook looks to break the pocket and then the final one number four be the villain embrace that us-against-the-world mentality when you're on the road. I think we saw this a little bit more last year when this team was on the road than K-State traditionally has. Again, K-State, whether under Bill Snyder, whether under Chris Kleiman, I think K-State, for the most part, really has kind of been like, okay, button up, we're not going to give you any... uh, material we're not going to start the trash talk anything like that i think last year on the road you saw it you know the dance might go a little bit longer you might be john with the student section just a little bit more hey you might give an extra push here or there that is the sort of edge that is the sort of villain mentality that you need when you go on the road and again k-state 100 percent is the hunted we saw it last year every single game oh blackout special uniforms all this type of stuff we're gonna see it again this year missouri hey it's the gold rush wear your gold uh gear hey this is the first sellout since 2019 this is the first out of conference sellout i think maybe since 2016 
think this is the first time they've sold out a non-con game since 2016. I believe that's correct. I could be wrong. If I'm wrong, sorry. But it's been forever. It has been a long time. It's been well over five years since they've sold out a non-conference game. So go in with that villain mentality. They're trying to make it their Super Bowl. Yes, there's going to be six or 7,000 K-State fans. Who knows? Maybe more. Uh, but, but it is. You against the world. Have that sort of dog, uh, you know, rabid dog mentality. Have that villain energy. However you want to put it, whatever fun vernacular, fun adjectives you want to put on it, uh, bring that on Saturday. Bring that on Saturday. And then the offensive line can take their shirtless pick out on the field. Uh, Those are my keys to V. Come join me tonight, 7 p.m. on Zoom for the live show so I can hear your keys to V. Make sure you're following the Speakeasy account if you want to join. The link will go out multiple times throughout the day, once in the afternoon couple times in the early evening before we get going shoot me a dm if you're not following the speakeasy account and you don't know what it is uh because hey if you want to participate you can just got to keep the zoom terrace away all right times for my picks to click i got two of them for you uh but also every game day the pick to click is charlie hustle to make sure your fit is fly Vintage made fresh, hustlers only. It is the best stuff. I talked about the awesome helmet tee. I'm wearing my uh, forever fighting shirt with the Sailor Willie uh, with the lavender. They have all sorts of great stuff. Again, I'll be rocking. I mean, I think I might be going crew neck. I think I might be going with one of the purple crew necks. The Kansas State Purple Crew Neck I just got from their latest drop. I might be rocking that with some shorts on Saturday. But when I get back to the Airbnb, you know I'm throwing on my Bring on the Cats shirt as well. Folks, check out charliehustle.com today. My two picks to click. I've been hinting at it all day. I'm going with Keegan Johnson. Again, I don't think he's probably going to be the leading wide receiver. I don't think he's going to be our number one weapon on offense for this game but i do think depending on how many snaps if he can get up to 20 25 maybe 28 snaps if he's able to open up the field for everyone else because when he's on on the field he's electric he's gonna make plays and i think he is i think he's gonna get three to four touches i think they're gonna be big touches i think they're gonna be big plays and i think that's gonna open things up for ben Sennett. i think that's gonna open things up for rj garcia for Philly Brooks, for Seth Porter, for Ben Sennett, for the running backs. When you have to focus on him when he's on the field, that's going to allow the other guys to break out. And again, I think Brendan Mott, he's going to have a big game. I think we're going to see Millionaire Mott strut. Uh, I I think he's going to have a big game. I think he's going to have a multi-sack game. I think, again, there's going to be a ton of attention Played, uh, paid to Khalid Duke and to Uso throughout the game. So I think Money Mott, Millionaire Mott, is going to have a multi-sack game. All right, let's get into the game predictions. Um, again, here, here's a little rant. Uh, I get tired of everyone saying, oh, what a bad slate of college football. Oh, blah, blah. Give me a fucking break. Sorry, Mom, for cussing. I know you hate that. Um 
But college football, you only get so many college football Saturdays a year. And if you're only in it for the top 25 versus 25 matchups, if you're only in it for like these market, no, you're not a college football fan. You're a sports fan or maybe even a football fan who likes big events. Give me a break. Yes, when you look at the Big 12 slate, you're saying like, oh man, not a lot of games that should be competitive. Those are the weeks that pop off. I guarantee it's going to be a wild week of college football. And whether you work for Barstool, whether you work for CBS, whether you work for Athlon, whether you work for anyone, even if you're just a self-proclaimed college football fan, if you're if you're you know saying, oh man, what am I gonna nothing good this week? Nah. Shut up and I hate you. All right, last week I redeemed myself. I went 13 and 2. You boneheads went 10 and 5. Sitting on the year, the boneheads are 20 and 10. I am 23 and 7. So I got a little bit of a lead before we both kind of uh, were bad in week one. Uh, again, uh, not a lot of these close. Uh, Baylor, we have Baylor. We both have Baylor getting first win of the year over Long Island. Absolutely brutal loss versus Utah. Could we be seeing the beginning of the end of Dave Aranda at Baylor? Iowa State at Ohio. Again, another just a pitiful, pitiful, pitiful performance for Iowa State in the parlay party. Uh, going to Ohio, Boneheads have Iowa State 71%. Here, here we go. Here's the first one for you. Ohio, the Bobcats get the upset in Ohio. Oklahoma traveling to Texas, Boneheads and I have Oklahoma. Uh, some drama going on there. Uh, Lebby sure uh, had his tail between his legs on Monday. Um, I don't think it's close. Tulsa's not good. Um, but again, that could come back to bite me. We both have Oklahoma big. Villanova at Central Florida. Uh, they're down their quarterback, John Rice Plumley, out. Probably going to miss the K-State game as well. We'll see how that backup performs. They shouldn't have an issue with Villanova. This is football, not basketball. Miami of Ohio at Cincinnati. Folks, you might not know this, but this is the ninth most played game in Division One history. The number four most played game in FBS history. That's right. This is one of the most historic rivalries in the game. They play for the victory bell. Uh, I got Cincinnati at home, Nippert Stadium. They're going to win the game. Boneheads agree, 92%. South Alabama at Oklahoma State. Uh, Boneheads have Oklahoma State 90%. I almost picked South Alabama. I have no idea what Gundy's doing with the quarterback. I think South Alabama is a salty little bunch. I want to go South Alabama. Almost went South Alabama. But I think Oklahoma State gets their third straight kind of, eh, I guess a win's a win type of game. Um, But I think that's what's going on. Tarleton State at Texas Tech. Texas Tech big. BYU at Arkansas. This was a relatively close one for the Boneheads. Uh, Boneheads going Arkansas 59%. I am too, but damn it, I will be cheering for those blue Cougars of Brigham Young University. I hope they get it done. Backyard Brawl, Pitt at West Virginia. That's the Big 12 game of the week. You'll be hearing from the Raspy Voice Kids on Friday giving the Big 12 Game of the Week primer. I hate Pitt. They hate Pitt. The Boneheads, 
They're going with, oh, hey, Bonehead's going with West Virginia at 63%. I am too. Look, Cincinnati, they got that win versus the Pitt Panthers last week. West Virginia kind of looked like they had a pulse versus Penn State. They didn't cover, but they had a pulse. Uh, Neil Brown saves his job. After all this talk about how I was saying he was going to be fired before October 1st, Neil Brown saves his job and beats the Pitt Panthers at home. It's going to be a raucous atmosphere. Going to be one of the better atmospheres in the entire conference for the entire year out in Morgantown, West Virginia next week. Uh, Texas hosting Wyoming. Uh, Look, I know they're coming off of that hangover effect, maybe. Uh, Bonehead's only 82% with Texas. I think Texas wins. I think it'll be close. Uh, First conference game of the year, TCU on the road to Houston. Look, I was prepared... Uh, to, to maybe consider Houston. I was prepared to say, hey, maybe I was wrong about Houston. Um, and then they get down 28 to nothing at Rice in an absolute high school atmosphere. Half the stadium, uh, or a quarter of the stadium's in red, maybe a fifth or a fourth of the stadium's in blue, and then it's empty. Absolute pathetic, pathetic turnout in Houston last week and they lose in overtime uh so no TCU gets it done um so yeah not not even considering it KU going on the road to Nevada Boneheads picking KU 79% one of the highest percentages KU's ever gotten versus an FBS program since we went to uh doing the bonehead votes um Nevada might be the worst team in FBS they are a bottom five team for sure KU wins this, and KU wins this one big. Absolutely big. I don't know what the number is, but I'm betting KU no matter what the number is. Nevada is horrible. KU's offense, still really good. Um, And then we'll see how they look for BYU the following week. Probably I'm going to pick KU for that one. I'm going to pick KU to go, what would that be, 4-0? Back-to-back years? (laughs) Things are getting wild in Lawrence. Tennessee at Florida. I got Tennessee. Um, I think this is the beginning of the end for Billy Napier. I think this is his last year at Florida. But, again, uh, coach with his back against the wall in a rivalry game at home. You never know what might happen. I think that one might be closer than the experts think, as Lee Corso likes to say. But I have Tennessee. Fresno State team, Arizona State, not going to paint themselves in glory. I have Fresno State going into the desert and beating Arizona State. The Boneheads have Arizona State 64%. And then finally, K-State at Missouri for the 99th time. Boneheads have K-State 98%. I have K-State as well. Look, if you look at trends, if you look at historics, if you look at like how... uh, Eli Drinkwitz has performed at home as a one possession underdog. I think he's 4 and 0 against the spread and 4 and 0 straight up. I believe that is true. Um all the like trends, if you kind of look at like okay, uh betting trends, if you look at home dogs, all this type of stuff. In these situations, the home team wins. I mean, Look, I'm not picking it. K-State has the better coach by a country mile. They have the better quarterback 
by a country mile. This team, K-State, they have a lot of players who have played in hostile environments before. I think everything's going to be all right. I think K-State wins this one 31-24, so a seven-point game. Not as big of a blowout last year. I think Missouri, uh, that might be too many points uh, altogether. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if it's 24-17, but I think K-State by seven is where it ends up. And uh, I, I think it'll be a little bit more nervy than we want it to be. But I think K-State comes out on top. That's all we have, folks. A special shout-out to, again, I don't like to play favorites, uh, but I do have a few of them. A special shout-out to my favorite bonehead, Alice, down in the Dallas-Fort Worth Metroplex. Shout-out to you, Purple Hearts. And love going out to you. And I hope you have a great week. And I hope it's a great week to beat Missouri. So for Chauncey Bosco, the best dog in the world. For all the boneheads. We love you guys. Fuck Missouri. And go Cats. UK State Wildcats form alma mater fights. Glory in the combat for the purple and the white. Faithful to our colors, we will ever be a fighting, ever fighting for a wildcat victory. Fight, 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 fight. UK State Wildcats for alma mater fight, fight, fight.
Social Podcast Network.